Listener Production. Hey mate, so you're going to hear something a bit different every now and then on this podcast. Special guest pep talks, kind of like mini interviews to inspire you and motivate you. Some of these people are experts in their field and others are awesome people doing extraordinary things, kind of like the guest joining us today. Maz Compton, she's a radio personality turned author, and eight years ago, she made a life-changing decision. She stopped drinking. Now she's on a mission to help others redefine their relationship with alcohol. Her book's called Last Drinks. It's an extension of her podcast by the same name. Alcohol can just feel like a second thought to a lot of us, and to others, it can be a really big barrier to a happy life. So in this pep, Maz shares how sobriety changed her life and why she went looking for it in the first place. Back in the day when I was drinking, I would wake up with a hangover and have like, we call it hangxiety now, like, and then I would swear to myself that I was not going to ever drink again because I don't ever want to feel like this again. And then literally at 1 p.m. I would smash a Corona. And No hair of the dog because it would, it actually, it makes you feel better at, at, at that time. Yeah. So I, I had those thoughts and problematic drinking behavior for a lot of my adult life. And I think for me, the real work began when instead of thinking about my relationship with alcohol as First of all, something I was incredibly ashamed about, something that was making me do terrible things, giving myself invisible boundaries, going, well, at least I wasn't as smashed as that person and at least I had two days off booze this week so that makes this more acceptable. Uh... But instead of looking at that relationship with alcohol and going, okay, I'm going to just not drink for a month just to like give myself a break, that was code at the time for me proving to myself that I didn't have a problem. Ah. I would have time off, like six weeks, whatever, and be fine and go, this is great, I'm good. I'm not even thinking about drinking, I'm good. But then it would slowly creep back in and become habitual again and almost escalate the to the, this next stage of dependence. So when I did uh, really have sober curious thoughts. Hold on. What, what's sober curious thought? A sober curious thought is like, I wonder if I could get through a weekend without a drink and how that would feel. I wonder what it would be like to wake up on Saturday without a hangover. I wonder if I could get through Christmas Day without getting on the scotches at three in the afternoon. So having these thoughts around what life without alcohol might feel or mm. look like for a person, when I was having those thoughts, I came to this intention of instead of having a month off, to prove that I don't have a problem, let's scratch that idea. And and why don't I just spend the month exploring what sober Maz looks like? And ah. even though the rollout of that month was the same, I didn't drink alcohol for 30 days in a row, my intention when I decided that it was going to be an exploration of sobriety as opposed to white knuckling and not having a drink until the end of the month or what what have you really was that game changing moment for me. So I stopped drinking on the 1st of January 2015 and I've I've never had a drink since. When you decided to go on this month of exploration about sobriety, 
was there a catalyst to that moment? Like, did you have a really big night? Did you do something super embarrassing? Did you know how people tell you all of this shit that you did the night before and you think, no, please tell me I didn't, didn't do that. Like, was there a moment like that, which led to that moment? No. And that's why I am so passionate about telling my story because I didn't hit a, a so-called rock bottom. Right. Okay. You know, like, it, what, my life was not leaving Las Vegas. I, you know, I didn't lose my job or I didn't end up homeless. I didn't have a terrible accident. Like all this stuff that we see depicted in movies about people who have dependency issues with substances and alcohol in particular, I was really killing the game at my job. I was earning tons of money. I'm like kicking career goals. But what I realized is that every single thing in my diary and my diary was stacked full of stuff because of the job that I had at the time, working in radio and in media, I was so busy doing work stuff and then also going to concerts and events and sales things and all of these bits and pieces. I just realized that every single thing in my diary and my my days were planned down to the microsecond, it all involved alcohol. And that's when I kind of was like, I felt really stuck because I didn't feel like I could actually exist in that sort of microcosm of like that bubble of media without alcohol. And I, at the time, really, truly believed that alcohol was the thing that was helping me get through how big my life had become and manage that massive amount of stress and imposter syndrome that I was feeling at the time. On reflection, I can tell you wholeheartedly that was such a false flag, but I believed it at the time. So my relationship with alcohol just deepened to a point where I didn't get through a day without alcohol because it had become the multi-tool of coping. So if I had a good day, I'd have a drink. If I had a bad day, I'd have a drink. Whatever it was, everything involved alcohol. And I got to a point in the middle of that year in 2014 where I was like, I want to stop drinking, but I literally have no idea how to do it. My whole world is consumed by consuming alcohol with other humans. And I, it was from those feelings of entrapment that I really did start to ask myself some big questions like, so why do you drink? Why don't you think it's possible to go to Carly's 30th and not consume an alcoholic beverage? And there again started that sober curiosity and that questioning of your thoughts, which for all the nerds out there is called metacognition. So metacognition is when you start thinking about your thinking because your thoughts inform your feelings and then we do stuff based on our feelings, right? Mm. So it is this mm. really kind of big cycle. And for me, I kind of, I cycle hacked that loop by starting to ask myself some different questions at the time. Okay. So what were those different questions? The biggest one for me was trying to figure out why I drank and I couldn't, like, I just couldn't figure it out, right? It's like, right. so why do we drink? And I'm like, I don't know, I guess because. Well, everyone else is doing it. Yeah. And if you go to an event and you have a glass of water, people are like, get, go get a real drink. 100%. That's a very real fear, I think, of people who are sort of getting sobriety signposted for them. Like, what are my friends going to say and do and think? And, you know, or am I just going to become a recluse and never be able to socialize in, in my friendship circle again? So definitely what will people think was a fear. But the questions I was asking myself really centered around the why. Like, 
And I'm a real purpose-driven person. I'm a goal setter. I've kicked some massive career goals. I I set myself a goal. Um, I achieve it. That's just, that's how I operate, <laughs> right? I love it. I love it. So <laughs> when I couldn't answer that question for myself about why are you drinking? Because it wasn't giving me any benefits. It was only at that point, there was really only negative impact. So it was making me feel like crap. I was eating terrible food because no one craves a salad at three in the morning after a big night. So I wasn't feeling my best. I wasn't looking my best. I wasn't showing up for myself. And it was all because I was either drinking or hungover, but I couldn't nail down the reason why I was drinking so much. And so I think from from there, I was like, well, why can't you? And I came up with this kind of idea, which I think is a really cool thing for people to do to assist their relationship with alcohol is I, I thought to myself, okay, instead of trying to figure out why I'm drinking so much and so often and I feel so trapped and I don't know what to do about it, I actually articulated my relationship with alcohol as if alcohol was a person. So I started telling myself a story about alcohol like alcohol was Brendan. And I was like, oh, so every time I hang out with Brendan, I feel like crap. I don't actually want to hang out with Brendan anymore, but Brendan just manages to show up all the time. I told my story about alcohol like it was a person and then I realized I was in a toxic, abusive relationship. Yes. And then from there. With an asshole. With an absolute dickwad. And I was like, this is no good for me. And if this was a person, all of my friends and all of my family would help me get away. Yeah. So now that I knew that I was in a really negative relationship with zero benefits, with something, then I could kind of remove myself from the fear of being excluded from my friendship circle because I was like, if it was a person, you would cut them off, right? Yeah, you'd cut them loose and all your mates would say, fuck them off. A hundred percent. And the friends of yours that didn't say that, then they can, then I'm not hanging out with you either because that's your problem to deal with, right? So for me, when I personified alcohol and at the time my relationship with it, it got real and real fast, but then at least I was able to address where I was at with it. And I think in order to reassess, you first of all have to assess and you've got to be really honest, right? Like, you know, I understand all the fears around people stopping drinking. Absolutely. And I understand the idea of like, I don't want to say I'm never drinking again because then I'm, what if I fail or who's going to hold myself accountable to? But what I would say is with alcohol, it's such a slow beast for most people. It's over years and years and years of drinking. We need more alcohol to feel the buzz. And then as women, as we get closer to midlife and our progesterone drops, our hangovers get severely worse because progesterone is one of the things that kind of helps. You don't digest alcohol. It doesn't go into your bloodstream, but it processes it out of your body quicker. So for women, especially in midlife, like you're up against it with alcohol. It's just not the thing that we should be doing for our health, for our mental health, for our brain function, for our memory, for our skin, like all the things that we you know, do so many things to hold on to. Alcohol is undoing all of that anyway. Hear more from Maz in the next episode of Terrain Fitz Prep Talk. We're going to dig into the effect of alcohol on our physical health and our mental health. Last Drinks is available for pre-order on Booktopia now. There's a link for that in the show notes. And you can also find Maz on socials at Maz Compton.
Thanks for listening to Terea Pitch Prep Talk. Follow to get new pep talks every day. Listener.